What a day, what a day, what a day. Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. You know, when you put the silver and black uniform on, you get such a surge of energy. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. And a lot of football players around the country that want to wear that silver and black. JT The Brick. When you talk about the Raiders, everyone knows you talk about the Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your host, JT The Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you. Good to have you today. Busy, busy show as we are on to the Chicago Bears who come into Vegas on Sunday. We're brought to you by PT's. Uh, PT's the best happy hour in town. You know it, 5 to 7, midnight to 2. Go to the Stratosphere with all their new entertainment. Go to the top of the world. Go out and check out the view. And please head out to Arizona Charlie's to watch any game that you want. Arizona Charlie is one of the best local venues in town here. They're also owned by Golden Entertainment, and they fuel the monologue. Raiders president Dan Ventrelli will join us here in about five minutes. He'll open up the show, and we'll talk about this upcoming game and the screening and how you get in with your clear app. It's an issue. We're talking about it again with the president of the Raiders to get in here and get everybody ahead of this game because this is a big crowd coming in. There's people that have not been to a Raider game yet that are coming in for this game. So we'll talk to Dan Vantrelli. Raiders punter A.J. Cole will join us at the top of next hour. Looking forward to talking to him. I like him a lot. I've been talking about him a lot with Coach Gruden. He is a weapon, and the Raiders are going to need him. Because he's punting more than I expect. He punted a lot in the Charger game. What will happen here in Vegas in the Dome coming up? We'll get into it with him. One of the greatest sports talk hosts of my career, Mike North, who happens to live in Chicago. Bears insider. He'll tell us about all the breaking Bears news this week, including the quarterback, Justin Fields, who will be the starter. And then Bill Williamson, coming up at 1245, longtime Raider insider. That's a hell of a radio show, and I had nothing to do with it. Just got my name on it, going to get you these guests and get you some phone calls in here because I want to know what it's going to take to beat the Bears. I'm off Friday because I'm emceeing the Simon Keith Foundation golf tournament in town, one of the biggest events of the year, period. Simon Keith is the first recipient a heart transplant recipient as a professional athlete to play professional sports. What he does in this town is incredible, absolutely incredible. It is a high honor that he thinks of me enough to include me with this event. I think there's going to be 240 golfers playing. Big event, dinner at Revere Golf Course. Uh, That is coming up on Friday, so I'll be out there doing this. So I got two shows the rest of the week. Today, tomorrow, I'm out at the Shriners Golf Tournament. We'll be hosting there. We're thrilled about that. Another charity that we're associated with, Shriners and what they do for children in this town, what they do to help out families and the amount of money they raise out there at TPC Summerlin is fantastic. So busy day tomorrow. I have the John Gruden television interview about 940 in the morning out with the Raiders. Coach and I sit down for the Silver and Black show. Don't know what mood he's going to be in because it's been a love fest. Every time I have him on TV, they win. First time I'm going in there, we're going to talk about the slow start, what's happening with these slow starts, and how to beat the Bears. Look, the Bears game is a massive game. Massive because they got to get momentum back, right? They lost momentum, 3-0. and They lost, not the end of the world. They lost the division game on the road, not the end of the world, but they got to beat the Bears. If you're thinking playoffs, you're thinking 10 wins, you're on the upside of 11 wins, you're thinking 9 wins, wherever you are with the Raiders, you better have them beating the Bears at home with a rookie quarterback who's never played in, a, in Vegas, let alone in an atmosphere like this. 
He's played at Ohio State at a very high level. This is different. The Raiders cannot get beat by a rookie quarterback. Okay? They got Daniel Jones on the schedule, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields. Okay, they got young quarterbacks here coming in. They got to be all wins. All of them. Okay, Justin Herbert's a young quarterback, but he's at a different level. Patrick Mahomes is a young quarterback. He's a former MVP, and they beat an MVP in Lamar Jackson. So I want your opinion on what's going to happen, and let's do it. Let's get this win. Let's get everything back on track. Let's get everybody focused again and talk about winning in the Raider Nation. For all of the Raider fans who are a little bit down after that loss, understandably, be a Raider fan and jump in. Jump in and get it going. It's very important that Raider fans put the loss behind them and move forward and win games because that's what this franchise is all about. This franchise is about winning games. We welcome in the president of the Raiders, Dan Ventrelli, as the Las Vegas Raiders urge fans to complete alternate screening vaccinations prior to game day. Dan, good to talk to you again. Thanks for coming on. Hey, JT. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. I really appreciate it. And again, I go to all these games early. You know, my wife, my son's coming with me this weekend. He initially went through alternate screening as he got his first shot. Now he's got his second one. But I know there's a lot of fans coming in from Chicago listening to us on the Raiders app and a lot of local Raider fans who haven't been to a game yet. What do we need to know? Excellent. No, the thing we're trying to encourage folks is to uh, be proactive come early and make sure that if you have to go to that alternate screening, you try to do it on Saturday. We're opening it up from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., essentially all day Saturday in order to get people through there and then back at 9 a.m. on Sunday. So if that if you aren't able to use the Clear app because you're partially vaccinated or have an international card or uh, you're 12 to 13 and vaccinated, uh, it's important to do it early. We're trying to make our pregame exciting, right? We have mm-hmm. we have something exciting going on before the game every week, and we plan to do that again, and we don't want anybody to miss it. So we want everybody to be there early, get through that alternate screening if you have to do it, even if you don't have to do alternate screening. Get, get through with the clear app early and make sure you're in the stadium pregame and plenty of time to catch all the activities there. Yeah, Dan, what you've been doing and what the organization's been doing pregame is absolutely incredible. We're hosting it from the torch. The crowds have been fantastic. Fans are still walking through the facility, the building, and they're amazed by this. So they can go to different parts, wherever their club seats are or not, go to their seats, then come back to the bars and clubs there. And I've been telling everybody the same thing. For the fans who want to tailgate outside, we get it. Have a great time. But the earlier you get in, the easier it is on all the fans when it comes to congestion and just keeping the flow going. Right, yeah, and we've even opened the gates. You know, we open the gates three hours early now so that people can come in and relax, enjoy the entertainment. Um, we tried to do something new every week, and this week will be no exception, so you won't want to miss it. Hey, Dan, it was pretty special halftime, wasn't it, with Tom Flores and all the gold jackets being back and to see that. I mean, I was telling fans, get stay in your seats for halftime because it was just an amazing event. When you get a chance to get that many legends back to pay tribute to Tom Flores, that was a special weekend. No, just incredible and special because, you know, as we all know, we all missed even just being in the building last year. Yeah. So to be in the building and around our friends and family and celebrate and then to be able to have that on top of it, to be able to see those legends and experience the history of 
the Raiders and be part of it, feel like you're connected to it, is really special. Dan Vantrelli, as we talk about this uh, vaccination and the process and what everyone needs to do with this clear app, how has that been working out? Because, again, I had friends who came in town from New York. They downloaded it. They didn't have an issue at all. They got in there plenty of time early. So with the clear app, I thought that was a tremendous move by the organization because it's easy. People are using the clear app in airports. I've had it for years, and it seems like it's going smoothly at Allegiant Stadium. Yeah, it's going smoothly. We've had over 80,000 people download the app and, and use it You know, over the course of the two games. We've had over 21,000 people use that alternate screening. And probably what we're most proud of is we've had 9,500 people who got a first shot to for the purpose of coming to one of the games that we've seen through that alternate screening. And 617 people, 617 people have received shots on site at the game prior to the game. So we're proud of that. We, we're proud of the environment that it creates in the building, most importantly, right? It's a healthy environment. It's a safe environment where people can celebrate with their friends without having to wear a mask. And you can eat, drink, and enjoy the football experience you love. Dan Vantrelli, Raiders president. Dan, that's really important. I'm happy you use the term proud. I know you're proud, and especially Mark Davis with this, because of shots in arms and the fact that fans have the alternate screening. You're trying your best and doing a great job making it easier for fans to have this experience. But getting shots in arms, that's an additional bonus that I think the organization and the legacy of this organization during a pandemic should be very proud of. Yeah, thanks. We appreciate it. And Obviously, we're driven by trying to do the right thing in everything yeah. that we do and protecting the health and safety of our fans is no exception. All right, Dan, let's wrap it up again with the time, Saturday especially, what fans need to do, especially those who are coming from out of town or local fans, and how easy it is for them to get alternate screening. Yeah, the easiest thing for everyone to do is to use the Clear app. You can go to Raiders.com forward slash Clear, see an instructional video, get all the instructions. But if for any reason you can't use the app, if you're partially vaccinated, have an international card or your uh, kid 12 to 13 years old, uh, you can go to the alternate screening Saturday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. It's on the north side of the stadium or Sunday starting at 9 a.m. And we encourage everybody to do that that needs to do that on Saturday so that you can enter the game efficiently, not have to stand in line, and make sure you don't miss any of the exciting pregame activities. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate your time. Thanks for kicking off the show for us. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. Have a good day. You too. Dan Ventrelli, president of the Raiders. Uh, I'm pro Raiders, I'm pro vaccine, and I'm pro getting things done right. And that's what the show's about. They're doing everything to make this easy, very easy. The only people that are having a difficult time are the people who don't get it. It's, it, it can't be any easier. You can go Saturday for alternate screening and get it done in a matter of minutes, and then you're done. And they'll help you with the Clear app, which really takes less than a minute to do, and then you're able to just flow through the game. Because what I find interesting about this great stadium, and I, I don't want to trash SoFi Stadium. I mean, part of me says SoFi Inglewood. Okay? SoFi Inglewood, Raiders, the Strip. So I, lo I love what the Raiders have done with the Death Star, Allegiant Stadium. But what I also find easy here is, and now you got to make a big decision. I'm a tailgate guy. I like tailgating. I love the black hole tailgate. That's been part of my life with the Raider Nation. But I also know now, because this is so brand new, that tailgating, just wrap it up a little bit earlier. 
Okay, get there whenever you whenever they open the gates, get in there and tailgate. But you want to get in this beautiful stadium. You want to see what they're doing pregame. You want to come to the torch where we are and see the gold jackets. We had Woodson and Tim Brown. We got a nice surprise coming up for this game on Sunday. Get in the building because people are getting used to the building. How to get from one side to the other. Hey, man, maybe I'll take the elevator. Maybe I'll go down the escalator. Hey, I went that way, but the wall ends. I got to go back. I'm finding myself in there. I'm learning about this place. The earlier you get in, the more fun you could have there. So alternate screening, Dan Ventrelli, the president. And now let's get into the Bears. Let's get going. Dial the phones. Let's get some fans excited about this game. 702-365-9200. With Montgomery out, their feature running back, the Raiders get a break. I also believe that last year, along with this year, the Raiders get an advantage from time to time when someone on the other team is hurt. They get a little bit of an advantage here, but not really because there are so many Raiders who are banged up. So to me, what's going to be the key this week is the injury report. Who's playing? Who can go? How is Mullen doing? What are we going to find out on that? How is Josh Jacobs? He played in the game. Is he now 100% or not 100%? What are the Raiders going to do on that offensive line? Is Leatherwood banged up more than we know? I don't know. That's why we have Raider insiders who I practice every day. So all of this is adding up to what we're trying to do for the Bears in preparation for this game coming here. But there's no bigger story other than the fact that Matt Nagy, the head coach, committed to Justin Fields as the starting quarterback. This is the first time where he said something with somewhat authority. He's getting destroyed in Chicago. I mean, last night, Aaron Boone, you should have heard me go after my Yankees last night. I'm still not recovering. My hands are still shaking after that loss to the Red Sox. Well, the only guy getting more heat than Aaron Boone is Matt Nagy. He changed course today and announced that Justin Fields is a team starting quarterback, regardless of Andy Dalton's knee. Well, days ago, he said Andy Dalton's a starter if healthy. So he's a flip-flopper. He's going back and forth, back and forth with no authority. Now, the Urban Meyer thing. I took a ton of phone calls on that last night. Let me stop and get to Urban Meyer momentarily. Urban Meyer made a really bad decision in regards to his football team and his wife. He was seen at a bar at a restaurant next to his restaurant where a young girl, woman, came up to him and got in between his area and he... Allegedly, from what we saw in the video, I mean, he wasn't groping her. He wasn't doing anything to offend a woman. He didn't physically violate a woman. He did nothing like that. But he's a married guy. And he didn't fly home with the team, which is mind-blowing to me. They lost. Urban Meyer said, well, my grandkids live here. I'm home. They played Cincinnati. He lives in Columbus. So he wanted to stay back. He put Trevor Lawrence on that airplane. As a rookie, 0-4 and made him fly home without his head coach. That, to me, the only way you get that excuse is if you have a family member who's ill. You say, hey, my wife's ill, my grandson's ill, something's happening, I have to stay back. Then you get excused. If not, you're Urban Meyer, you get your ass on that plane. He went to a bar, and then there was some creep. That was a big topic on my show last night. I'm sick and tired of people taking videos of people in private. Now, it's not private, he's in a public bar. But some creep was just sitting there with the video camera on videoing him, which I'm vehemently against. 
no matter where you are. You could be at the M, you could be at Caesars. If you're having dinner with your wife or you're with buddies having beers, there shouldn't be someone behind you secretly videoing you. That's what happened to Urban Meyer. So Urban Meyer had to apologize to his wife, and it looks like the Jaguars are going to fire him. That's what's changed today. They put out a statement. Shad Khan, the owner, put out a statement basically giving him a lifeline, and Urban Meyer has been apologizing ever since. One of the things I wanted to tie into this monologue on that is everybody who's so freaked out about Vegas two, three years ago. Where are these guys going to be? Oh, they're in strip clubs. Oh, they're going to be at a nightclub till 4 in the morning. No, they're not. First off, we have COVID, right? So these guys are in COVID protocol. You really think that these guys are going to run to a nightclub with the masses there and maybe get COVID and not be able to play for their team? That's not happening. And Urban Meyer gets in trouble sitting in a bar on a bar stool in Columbus, Ohio. Not Vegas. Not Miami at Live. Not in New York City at a nightclub. Urban Meyer's just sitting at a bar. And some girl comes up to him and kind of gets in his private space. And he looked like he was enjoying it. So he's got to save his marriage. And I've, I've dealt with people saying, well, he wants to get fired because he wants the USC job. Stop. The Urban Meyer has been a great coach his entire life. Not good, great. But he's also tied with Aaron Hernandez, someone who committed a murder. He's also tied with recruiting some shady players over the years who have been involved in some really shady things. He brought in Tim Tebow when we all knew Tim Tebow wasn't going to make the team. He did that, and now he's got this forest fire he needs to put out in Jacksonville. So back to Matt Nagy. He, the, the best thing for Matt Nagy is Urban Meyer. Right? Follow me here. Urban Meyer is taking all the oxygen out of the room. Everybody's looking at Urban today and not Matt Nagy. So this is it for the Bears. They're 2-2. Two and two. If they beat the Raiders on the road, the whole season's back on track for them. They're coming in with Khalil Mack. They got a really good defensive front. The Raiders don't have a great offensive line. Let me repeat that. They don't have a great offensive line. They have a great offensive line coach. We all good with that? This is not a great offensive line, and I understand why Rodney Hudson, who wanted to leave, JT, how did Rodney want it out? Fact, not fiction. Could Rodney have stayed? Absolutely. Salary cap issues like that, would Rodney have taken less money? I don't know. I'm not in the room with Dan Ventrelli and John Gruden and Mike Mayock. Either are you. This is all people just assuming. Gabe Jackson, he was a liability when it came to salary. And I would have loved to have seen Gabe been there because they could have that position I really think is hurting. And then you have the right tackle position where they signed the guy who was supposed to be the savior, Trent Brown, and he was an absolute bum and he's not playing for the Patriots now. What a surprise. Hasn't been able to get on the field for the Patriots. So the Raider offensive line is a concern. So Matt Nagy is he's taking a lot of heat, but I think he made the right decision going with Justin Fields. And I thought that Fields would start this game. I thought that they'd give Dalton, if healthy, four or five games. I got it wrong. I thought they were going to give Cam Newton four games with Bobby's Patriots. Give him four. Give him the Brady game. And then go right to Mac Jones. Because Mac Jones is one in three. I don't think Cam Newton would have been worse than one in three. Cam Newton would have been two and two or one and three. Then you turn over the franchise to him. But we're living in a time now where we want all these young quarterbacks to get on the field. Get on the field. Rush them. Hurry up. Go. Now we're going to get that kid in Justin Fields, and we better put his ass on the ground, and we better make him pay if he runs because what he does best is run. 
So the great news for the Raiders, in my opinion, is they've already faced the greatest running quarterback of all time. Better than Fran Tarkenton, better than Steve Young, better than Michael Vick. Lamar Jackson will end his career potentially as a Hall of Famer because he's going to have the rushing record. He's going to break it by like 3,000 yards. And that's good enough to get in the Hall of Fame if you have that record. Raiders just saw him and kind of contained him. But since then, the Raiders are banged up, right? They got a secondary that's banged up, and those guys in the secondary need to get off their receivers and go tackle Justin Fields. So that's going to be part of what we talk about here over the next couple of days. So the last game, Fields completed 11 of 17 passes for 209 yards, one interception versus the Lions. But he had, get this, and there were beautiful passes. He had five balls that went for 20-plus yards, 20-plus yards as they bounced back. There were good, big, long throws that he hit on a dime. And we're going to have an analyst on tomorrow who covers the Bears who charted those throws. I saw the tweet, and I said, I got to get this guy on because I want to know what he did that he was throwing such a beautiful ball. So, you know, Fields is the same thing I think about Tua. You know, Tua, you can stop him. He's, he's, he's not a superstar yet. Fields isn't a superstar yet. But one of these young quarterbacks are going to pop. One of them are going to have a good game. Raiders got to face Joe Burrow. He was the AFC Offensive Player of the Week. He's coming to town. Daniel Jones. Raiders are playing Daniel Jones. He's a really unique athletic quarterback. And Saquon Barkley's back. So I love this part of my job, the game plan, and how to kind of figure out through your, through your help what you think is the priority. So I'm giving you Justin Fields and Khalil Mack. What's the priority for the Raiders? 702-365-9200. Please don't make me wait. I get very impatient. My wife throws me out of the house today. She goes, you're pacing. Go, go in the studio with Bobby. Do two hours of the show. Get out of here. I was up at like 6 in the morning, fired up for this game. So let's get you fired up as much as me. And then we have even a better show lined up. Let's start it off with Passionate Raider in Illinois. Not Vegas. Illinois. I got a radio show in Illinois. What's happening, buddy? Man, that's what's up. That's what's up, JT. I feel in that. We said put that man on his ass, and that's what needs to happen. I'm, I'm an hour from Chicago, man. Mm-hmm. I hate the Chicago Bears, dude. I hate the Chicago Bears as much as I could say I hate anything else. So this game to me is personal. That's all I live around is Bear fans. That's it. I, I, so, and so if we don't come out, because we already know the O-line is bad, but their O-line is just as bad. If not, we got like the two worst O-lines in the league, the Bears and the Raiders. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a slugfest. Who's going to get hit the most? But you know as much as I do, JT, some reason, somehow, rookie quarterbacks, first-time starting quarterbacks, et cetera, et cetera, always do good against the Raiders. Yeah, I, I don't know that. I don't know if that is accurate. I don't have the list since yeah, 1960 well, of rookie quarterbacks against the Raiders, good. but you know, it's just someone, someone always. It's just, just like the winners of the team. Well, someone's always going to have their breakout game again, and I, we can't have it happen this week, man. No, we after can't. What happened after what happened this past week on Monday Night Football, man? I mean, yeah, we're going to be short staff, short shortage with our cornerbacks and whatnot. So I don't know. It, it, it's a tough. It's a tough ball, but. As me being a Raider fan my whole life, lived in Illinois my whole life, an hour and ten minutes from Soldier Field, man, we can't lose this game, man. I, I, I can't walk around town hanging my head again 
With no, all I, I got you. In my, in my ear, man, it can't happen. And I felt you on that Yankees, man. That was some horrible SHIT last night, man. Unbelievable. Don't know why that lineup was put up the way it was put up, but man, whatever, man. Yeah, it was a Go tough, Raiders, a lot man. of long night. Thanks for the call. You know, I'm looking at the Bears' stats. They have no stats. David Montgomery's not playing. He's their leading rusher at 309 yards, 4.5 a carry. He's out. We know Derek Carr's stats. I'll get them to you know how enormous they are. Justin Fields is the starting quarterback. He's thrown for 347 yards the whole season. The whole season. I mean, come on. The guy averages 100 yards a game. I mean, we got Derek Carr here. Very important game for Carr, by the way. Okay, let me just get that out of the way. I know Carr's speaking. We'll cut up some of the sound. Derek loses to Herbert. Okay. Kind of get it. He loses to Mahomes. Yeah, I get it. This is not a game Derek Carr can lose. Okay, and for those who say don't put that much pressure on Derek Carr, too bad. Derek Carr is a big boy. I've been interviewing him from the first game he's played here. Okay? Derek can handle all this. He's got to bounce back. Derek had that look on the bench when they were down 21-14, like Russell Crowe and Gladiator. He was going to carry the team all the way back. They didn't get a big stop. He got sacked on a third down. Uh, knowing Derek the way I've done, mostly just on radio, is that Derek's going to be very motivated and highly prepared to come out. And I really think the other big issue that we all need to talk about as we open up the show here is that how are the Raiders going to start quicker? I don't have the answer. I don't know how they start quicker. What? They script the first 15 plays? All right, then do it. Script the first 15 plays. Do you want to run it with Josh Jacobs? I don't know the health of Josh Jacobs. I don't know. It's Wednesday. I don't know how he's feeling. Do you want to throw it deep? Yes! Do you want to throw it deep? Yes! You got rugs. You got Waller. You got third and Renfro. Where the hell is Zay Jones? Where's Zay Jones? Let's go. Let's get these guys going again. Feed Waller. I want to see 15 targets to Waller. Mac's going to come off the edge, chip him, ball out to Waller. Waller in the middle of the field sidelines, he breaks a couple tackles. I think that we got a problem here. Waller's going too far without getting touches. I know they want him to get him the ball. I know it is difficult to get him the ball. Get him in motion more. Line him up wide. Line him up wide, wider than rugs. Put him in motion. Do something with Waller because the Bears Bears got a good defense. And the Bears front, especially as far as I can remember, I remember the prep for the London game, and we'll talk about that coming up with Mike North in a little bit. Uh, their defensive front, Akeem Hicks is questionable, Khalil Mack, um, Goldman, they got players, Mario Edwards Jr. You look at this team here. They got guys, Ogletree, Robert Quinn. Man, they got guys who can get after it and can blitz. They're not going to let Carr sit back there. Carr, I won't say he has an inferior offensive line. Carr, at best, has an average offensive line. At best. What do you think Khalil Mack's going to do? Khalil Mack is looking to eat and hunt. And I know that the Raiders will put someone on that side. But what happens if Mack lines up on the other side? What happens if Mack lines up at nose tackle? What happens here? What happens if Mack lines up over Andre James? How's that going to look? So there's a lot of things that are going into this game plan. But I think the Raiders are the much better team. Much better team overall. And they just got to play good. They need a really clean game. These games at Allegiant Stadium, man. 
They talk about a sweat. It's been two games or overtime games. Wow. How about a non-overtime game with like a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter? I'm not here to predict it, but we need something like that to happen. Bills happen, so when you need extra cash, go to BillsHappen.com. This is who I recommend to everyone in town. They're the best at this. BillsHappen.com. Are your credit cards maxed out? Do you have bad credit? You can get up to $5,000 cash as early as tomorrow. Go to BillsHappen.com. BillsHappen.com. One of my buddies, a diehard Raider fan, runs the company, and he wants to do business with us because we'll do business with him. Go to BillsHappen.com where you can get up to $5,000 cash as early as tomorrow. Bill Williamson will join us. Mike North is going to come up. Got to wait on Mike. He's texting me back when he's coming in. And then A.J. Cole, the punter. This team's had some good punters, Ray Guy and Shane Leckler. My buddy Leo Aragos. Been some good punters on this team. Now we got another good one. And uh, he's going to have to come to the rescue in a couple of games that are tight in the fourth quarter. And I think the Raiders are fortunate to have him. JT, great to be in studio with Bobby today on a glorious day in the Raider Nation. Montgomery, the lone backfields under center. Receivers each way. Snap, play fake. Nope, they'd hand it off. Montgomery cutting inside. And he's in to the end zone for the touchdown. That's all David Montgomery. That is second effort, nine yards. Far side of the end zone. Touchdown, Bears. Bears radio. Unfortunate for the Bears that Montgomery won't play with this knee injury. He's off to a really good start uh, this year. JT, back with you. Brought to you by Doghouse Saloon. The best place to watch Monday Night Football is Doghouse Saloon inside Resorts World, Las Vegas. The newest property on the Strip. There's not a bad seat in Doghouse to watch the game. Plus, there's a sports book on site to place your bets. Enjoy incredible food and drink specials, followed by an amazing after party with live entertainment, dueling pianos. We love it. Been out there a few times. I'll be out there this Monday from 4 to 5.30 coming up this upcoming Monday for Monday Night Football. Doghouse Saloon at Resorts World Las Vegas, our official home for Monday Night Football. We're going to try to get a little Derek Carr. Derek Carr is going to meet the media here momentarily. When he does, we'll get a couple of questions. We'll see what he has to say here. After week four, the Raiders' offense ranks fifth in the league in total offense, 406 point yards per game, second in passing at 326, 24th in rushing at only 80 yards a game, and they're eighth overall in points at 26. Defensively, the Raiders rank 19th in total defense. I'll take it. 19th is a vast improvement. They can get better, as you know. Uh, This also includes tied for 13th in passing, 23rd in rushing. They're giving up 132 yards per game. And they're tied for 17th in points, giving up 25. Now listen to this. This is really important for this game plan. The Bears offense ranks dead last in total offense, 237 yards a game. The Bears rank dead last in passing at only 114 yards a game. Now, they're tied for ninth in rushing at 122 and 22nd in points. They're only scoring 16 points. Let's stop for a second. They can't pass the ball. They're dead last. They're dead last in all of offense, and their featured running back is out. 
good time for this defense to really have a big game there. I mean, these stats are overwhelming in the Raiders' favor. Now, defensively, this is the concern. The Bears ranked 12th in total defense, 15th in passing, giving up about 238 a game, and 14th in rushing, and 10th in points. They're only giving up 22.8 points a game. The Raiders are giving up 25 points a game. So the Bears' defense is better on paper than the Raiders. We know that. So that's what you need to know as we get ready for this game. What do you think about this? What is the bigger priority to you in the Raider Nation? Khalil Mack or Justin Fields? Seriously, it's an important question. Mack hasn't been dominant in this league, but he's a dominant player. He's going to pop. Every three or four games, Khalil's going to get a sack or two. You just want to make sure it's not against you. Because there are games where he doesn't show up on the stat sheet, but he's getting double teamed. And he's in a position where he's trying to make plays, and the other offensive coordinator is so worried about him that they're running away from him. They're running away from him, or they're just getting the ball out quick. So Khalil has a tremendous burst. He's able to get off the line quickly. Quarterbacks are in fear of him, and they try to get rid of the ball. You know, Joey Bosa really took a cheap shot at Derek Carr after that last game. Joey Bosa really took a cheap shot at Carr. Mack and Carr, I think, are best friends. They have been best friends all along. You know, Jim Trotter from NFL Network defended Derek Carr. Jim Trotter had a lot to say about Derek Carr and what Joey Bosa had to say. And we'll play some of that sound coming up uh, in a little bit. We have that. And also, I'm excited to talk about the fact that this Bears team has got a a coach on the hot seat, a real hot seat. There are a couple of people. I'm going to ask Mike North about this coming up here next hour. If Nagy loses this game in Vegas, which I predict he will, he could get fired. It's not traditionally what the Bears do. They let the coach coach, but they're ready to run him out of town. They are ready to get rid of Nagy. Fargo Raider checking in as we're 0-4 Vegas today. I keep track of that. Fargo Raider, how are you, buddy? Good. How about yourself, JT? I'm doing Pretty well, good. thanks. How about yourself, JT? Good, really good. Thank you. Uh, I, I'm going to say that Mac is a concern. I, I think that if he pulls inside, we need to make sure we stay in that eye formation and Ingold pops him with that Reese yeah. Alawale special. And then if he's on the outside, we need to get a big tight end, either Waller or Moreau, to chip him on their way out and then throw the ball out there to the flat to them. Or on an outside route. Yeah, I agree with you. I we think the sc- don't you think the screen pass with Kenyon Drake in this game or Josh Jacobs is going to be critical throwing it over over Max Head or over their edge rushers and let's get the screen game going a little bit. I think so too. I would actually like to see either Jones or mm-hmm. Ruggs out there in that bunch to get the screen going as well, right over his head. And if we're going to run it his way again, pull a lead blocker. We can't allow Jacobs or whoever's running the, the ball to be a single back going into a wall of defenders. That's been our downfall so far with the run game this year. Yeah, th- there's a lot, and I appreciate the call. Thank you for calling. You know, there's a lot of Raider fans who are upset that the, the Raiders are running Josh Jacobs up the middle. I mean, come on. The history of the NFL, the running backs get the ball and they run up the middle. Zeke Elliott, Earl Campbell, Tony Dorsett. Now the best ones run outside because they can get outside and catch the edge. But for everybody who's fascinated by why the Raiders are trying to run the ball up the middle, what the hell do you think you're doing in the NFL? You establish the line of scrimmage, and you try to run forward, north-south. 
And if you're getting sick and tired of that because the Raiders are not explosive running it up the middle, I agree with you. So what do you want to do? You want to run it on the outside? Do you really see Josh Jacobs getting the corner lately? Where's that video? Where's the video of Josh Jacobs getting a pitch, taking it around the outside like Marcus Allen for 30 yards? If he does it, great. But they're trying to run Josh up the middle with a lead blocker. As soon as you bring in gold in with Josh Jacobs behind him, 30,000 people say they're going to hand it off up the middle. That's what's happened. And they run into a wall. But it's part of the game. you got to run it to establish the run. And John Gruden likes to run the football. Mitch in New Jersey. How are you, Mitch? What's happening? How's it going, Rick? Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. I say the big. I say the big worries is Mac. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's a great he was, player. Uh, oh, he was. I wish he was a Raider for life. Fields is going to be good, but they don't have the weapons. And that Nagy should have been fired last year. I think the only one that's worse than him was Gase, and he stayed like three years too long with the Jets. Yeah, they've had some bad luck with head coaches lately with Gase and obviously and Nagy. And Nagy's gone unless they make the playoffs, and that's what that's what concerns me with this game. If the Bears win, remember the Bears last year playoff team, everybody forgets that. If the Bears end up winning this game and they play a really good game, they're going to have big momentum with back-to-back wins, and that's going to get the media in Chicago off of Matt Nagy, and it's going to get the team thinking that they could be a wild-card team. This is a game where you could ruin the dreams. As Mark Davis said, when you come to the Death Star with opponents' dreams come to die, this is where the Bears' season could end. They could end the Bears' season on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium and fire Matt Nagy if the Raiders blow him out. Uh, we should win. I, we, yeah. we, we, we'd be worrying if we, if we lose uh, this uh, Sunday. Thanks for taking my Yeah, I don't think they're going to lose this Sunday, but again, I am not a prognosticator, and I don't predict scores and outcomes. I count on you to do that at 702-365-9500. We just took three calls from outside of Las Vegas. They put me on in the middle of this lineup to wake Vegas up. Ken, I don't have a T-shirt cannon to get you to call. Okay, I got some Grimaldi's gift cards. I expect the Raider fans to be here every day from noon to 2. Do what you want before. We got a great show in the morning. We got Rich Eisen. We got Q and Vinny. Other great shows. I've been here. The show a record longer than anybody. When it comes to game day, we need this game. So let's act like it. Feels like Vegas is asleep. Okay? I'm not talking UNLV football. I'm not talking a lot of other things. I'm talking Raiders here and then some national topics to try to get the Raider fans going. We need the intensity level up every day in the regular season. Every day in the regular season, and I know we can do it. Check out the new 5-Iron Golf at Area 15. Incredible offer for you, a free club fitting. The Fitting Lab, a state-of-the-art custom golf fitting service. Expert club fitters will help you find the right clubs for your swing and your budget. Tell them JT sent you and get a $400 service for free. Just go there, tell them JT sent you for club fitting. And go check it out, see if you like it. And maybe consider getting a new set of clubs at Five Iron Golf. Yeah, we're going to look at Jalen a little bit harder this week. Um, he uh, got his first duty last week in, in terms of being activated off IR. We think Keyshawn Nixon will show up uh, and, and start to work himself back in tomorrow. 
but those are the two guys. Incognito is still a work in progress. Unfortunately, I don't have anything else to update you other than that. But um, that's where we are. All right, that's John Gruden. I'll be with him tomorrow at the facility, interviewing him for the Silver and Black Show. We'll see where the Raiders are. I'm thrilled to talk to Raiders punter A.J. Cole, who's off to a great start this year. A.J., thanks for a few minutes after practice. How are you? Yeah, doing great. Thanks for giving me the time. You got it. Tell us about the bounce back short week again. You've already had two short weeks, two Monday night performances. This time you come off a loss. Quickly got to turn around and game plan the Bears. Yeah, you know, I think it's a great opportunity for us to kind of show what we're made of. Um, short week, uh, it's an opportunity for us to kind of uh, go through some adversity early in the season. Um, and, uh, you know, it's uh, it's just going to be a good opportunity for us to get back out on the field, get back on the grass. You know, every time you take a loss, you're, uh, you're hungry to get back out there. So short week means we can get, you know, back out there uh, a little quicker. How wild was it with the lightning delay? Because you guys are out first, you're getting your warm-ups in, you come out, you lead the team out, and then there's the delay, and Coach Gruden looked really worked up for that. What was it like warming up, stopping, warming up again ahead of the Charger game at SoFi? Yeah, it was funny. We're out there, and we're you know uh, getting some kicks in, getting ready to go out onto the field for the coin toss, and they come up, and they're like, hey, we got to go back into the locker room. There's a lightning delay. I'm like, Man, I thought I thought this place had a roof on it. I don't understand how there could possibly be a, a lightning delay. I thought we were indoors. But uh yeah, it was you know, it, it was it was really funny in the moment and you know, it just gave us the time to go back in the locker room, kind of reset and uh come back out and re warm up and get ready to get back back ready to go. AJ Cole's our guest. So you've been in the league a short time, so you haven't played in most of these stadiums. What do you think of SoFi kicking there with that open area on the outsides compared to kicking at Allegiant? Yeah, I think it's a really nice stadium. Uh, I really think Allegiant is the best stadium in the NFL. Um, uh, you know, SoFi is a really nice place. It's, uh, they, they did a great job building it. Uh, the open air is interesting. It's kind of uh, different a little every time. The wind kind of can pick up in there a little bit, and it actually can uh, be a factor. And at different times in the game, it can be a little stronger or not as prevalent. But um, just like any stadium, kind of getting in there, just getting the feel of it in pregame. But, uh, yeah, I think it's a beautiful stadium. I think it fits L.A. really well. and. It's always mm-hmm. fun to get to play there every year. And Jay Cole's our guest. So I'm really excited to talk to you because I talked to Coach Gruden about you a number of times this year. He really wants to use you as a weapon. And uh, last week on the Silver and Black show, I said, I love a punter who understands the Coffin's corner, that wants to kick to the corner, not every time, but has the ability to do that. What is that like? What is different? Because I feel like that has left this league where 20, 30 years ago, a lot of punters directionally tried to kick it out and try to get it in there. It's a risky move trying to get it inside the 10, but you seem to enjoy that. Yeah, you know, I think that that's uh, when we get to that part of the field where you start to, you know, look at punts inside the 10 and everything like that. That's an area we work on a lot in practice. Um, Coach Versace gives me a lot of reps throughout the week working on that. Uh, so it's an area, you know, I feel pretty comfortable in and I feel like I've improved a lot uh, since I've been in the league. Um, and yeah, you just kind of have to have the confidence to go out there and swing away and uh, try and put the ball where it's going to give our defense the best chance to go out and make a play. So that's really my job is to set the defense. I go out there and I'm trying to put the ball as close to the goal line as possible um, and give the uh, opposing team's offense a long way to go. So I take a lot of pride in that, um, and, and that's really something that I try and emphasize throughout the week. And, yeah, it's, it's definitely something that I focus on. A Raiders punter, A.J. Cole. So give me your backstory: College Park, Georgia, Woodward Academy, and then to the NC State Wolfpack, because you played multiple sports, football, basketball, and soccer. What was the decision, soccer, football over soccer? How'd that play out? 
Yeah, so I played uh, soccer growing up a little bit, and then I was playing uh, tight end and defensive end in high school. I really thought that that was going to be my path. Didn't have uh, quite the opportunities that I wanted to at that. So I actually didn't start punting really until after my junior football season. I'd done a little bit of field goal kicking kind of in middle school and early in high school, but I'd given that up. And uh, so, yeah, I didn't really start punting until after my junior season. Um, and then uh, worked with a coach named Dawson Zimmerman and Mike McCaber, the two guys that I worked with a lot out of Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, they really were great for me and my development. Uh, kind of picked it up pretty pretty quickly and ended up getting a scholarship that summer to go to NC State. And, uh, yeah, and kind of just worked on and focused on it from there, basically. AJ Cole. So also Coach Gruden talked about your tryout, which I think this is a really important moment for you because, you know, every kid in life from Little League to football, they have a tryout. And sometimes the tryout ends their dream. You had the tryout there when you were brought in on the Raiders and nailed it when you beat out Johnny Townsend. Take me back to the tryout, the nerves before that, when you got the call and how mentally you were locked in to have a great tryout and make the team. Yeah. So, uh, you know, after the draft ended, I really thought I was going to have an opportunity to uh, go somewhere as a priority free agent, and a uh, call never came. The Raiders had two punters on the roster at the time, and I talked to our assistant special teams coordinator, Byron Storer, a lot through the process, and he was pretty upfront about me that uh, if I didn't get a contract immediately after the draft, that they were going to have an opportunity for me to come in and work in minicamp and get a tryout. And I really just felt through him that he was uh, interested in me, and there was some genuine back-and-forth interest. Um, so when he gave me the call after the draft and said, "Hey, we got an opportunity for a tryout," I was like, "Yeah, let's you know, let's go. I think that's a great spot for me to go and kind of show what I can do." And uh, you know, I kind of felt like, you know, all my eggs are in this basket at this point. It's might might be the last shot I get. You know, if if that tryout doesn't go well for me, I might never get another call. I might be you know working a job right now. So mm-hmm. I kind of just went in there and you know, there's really nothing to lose at that point. So I just kind of had to trust the training that I've been through and just let it rip. And uh, that's that's kind of how it went. Um, and, you know, they gave me basically the first first day was uh, like a warm up tryout, basically. And mm-hmm. then the last day of the camp, uh, he gave me 10 punts in front of the whole team. And essentially, was, if I do well, I'm going to get a contract. And if I don't do well, I'm going home. Um, so there's definitely a lot of pressure in that. But I just kind of had to trust in the training I've done and uh, let loose and get and go play. Incredible. It really is an inspirational story. It's a make-or-break story. I'm sure you would end it up somewhere else in the league, but you end up a Las Vegas Raider, and now you have this unbelievable opportunity. A couple more. What do you think of the Hunter Renfro tackle on the fake punt? It's incredible. Next. Everybody's talking about it. Walk me through what you're doing when you see that. You're watching the other punter. This is what you do, and then you see Hunter come up and make a play. That guy's amazing. I mean, I just, I'm constantly impressed practicing against him, practicing with him, constantly impressed with the decisions he makes, the reads he has, the feel he has for the game. It's so fun to watch him do his thing out there. So, uh, yeah, you know, he starts, I'm watching the punter, and I kind of see that they, uh, you know, Hunter starts kind of creeping up there, and uh, he just makes a break on that ball right when the ball snaps and uh, gets there right as the ball gets there, breaks up the pass. It's an incredible play. I mean, it's an absolute nightmare for the Chargers punter. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> when you're punter, you, you dream of throwing a pass, you know, right. completing a pass. And uh, to just have your dreams crushed by Hunter Renfro, I'm sure it's no fun. But, you know, it's a heck of a play. It was a big momentum shift in the game for us. Gave us a, you know, a shorter field opportunity to go down and score. So, yeah, he's, he's an incredible player, and I'm just constantly amazed watching him. AJ, last one. I got to ask you the difference between punting in an empty stadium. I mean, empty, and it's brand new. I mean, there's there's covers on the cast registers. There's no concession stands a year ago, and now you got this band 
and Buffer opening up the game and halftime with Tom Flores and eight gold jackets and you're punting in this insane environment. Walk me through last year and what it's like this year. Yeah, you know, last year I come out at halftime to go warm up, and they're playing Ice Cube on the uh, on the <laughs> Oxcord, and now I'm coming out at halftime, and they got Ice Cube standing up there by the torch, and he's performing live. So it's definitely different. Uh, actually, being out there and punting uh, it doesn't change, really. I didn't feel any more or less pressure last year with there being nobody in the stands. So the actual play, I don't think, is necessarily impacted, for me at least. But I just think that the energy in the stadium changes. You feel momentum shifts a little bit more. Um, and, you know, having big plays in that stadium, packed full of Raiders fans, is so much fun. Just getting to celebrate uh, with the with Raider Nation, which has just been incredible since, since I signed with the Raiders. So, uh, yeah, you know, it, it makes the games a little bit more fun when you're winning, and it, it kind of amplifies uh, what's going on in the game. And uh, it's just, you know, winning with fans is so much more fun, and uh, it, makes, it makes showing up on game day really exciting. Really enjoyed this, AJ, and I know the fans did hearing you and getting to know a little bit about your background. Keep it going. Really appreciate what you're doing here. I'll see you soon. Thanks for coming on. Yes. Thanks, JT. Appreciate you. You got it. AJ Cole. Really enjoyed that. I asked if we could get him on after these first three games, you know, before the Charger game, and I appreciate Will Kiss and the team getting him. What a cool story. This guy had a tryout. Tell your kids that story. Tell your kids that story about when they try out. It, there shouldn't be pressure. Your kid's 11 years old. If he doesn't make the team, try out again next year. But he he had to make he had to make punts and get on that team, and he did. That was brought to you by Wahoo's Fish Taco. Six locations here in Vegas, 85,000 in free play, and they have the Dodgers playoff game tonight at 5:10 p.m. So you can go watch the Dodgers game, get that incredible food. And have a great time. And they are close to naming the Brick Burrito. They are close. We'll tell you when it's ready at Wahoos.